Hello and welcome to the Living in Jesus podcast. My name is Ross O'Hare and I'll be your host today. Living in Jesus is a podcast designed to explore the depths of what it means to live a grace-filled life with Jesus as the focus. On today's podcast, we'll discuss how to communicate and equip others in the truth of the grace of God. One of the basic tenets of how God designed humans and our world is for relationship. As we discussed last week, we explored how to have healthy relationships in which we relate to one another in an unconditional, grace-filled way. Then, as we begin to depend on the Spirit more and more in our everyday life, one of the natural outpourings of living this way is a desire to pass along what we have learned and seen God do in our lives. Today, we will dive into how we pass along what we have learned in order to equip others, as well as the reason and heart behind the desire to pass it along. 1 Peter 3.15 says this, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Do this with gentleness and respect. With that said, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and here we go. All right, joining me today is Ben Brezina. Good morning, Ross. Good morning. Connie Brezina. Hi, Ross. And Bo Brezina. Hello, Ross. We got a family affair again here today. So, we are talking about equipping and sharing the truth of the grace of God with others today. So what, um, Ben, I'll start with you. What are some of the building blocks that prepare us to share and equip others in these truths? Well, I think all the stuff that we've been talking about the last, you know, all these sessions. And, I mean, we need to have a real clear view of who God is and then how we were designed to function and then our connection to Him in Christ and that He is our life now. And that, I think, establishes us in love, hmm. which when we look at discipling others, that's, that's ministry, that's sharing love. I mean, that's taking what we've been given and sharing that with somebody else instead of holding it on to ourselves. So hmm. I think in order to do that effectively, you know, you have to have the knowledge of all that God has done for us and that he lives inside of us and wants us to let him out to others. Hmm. And I think that will, that knowledge and that belief, we got to place our faith in what he's done and in him, that he's inside of us and wants to come out. And when we do that, I think that'll naturally move us out to make disciples. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's what we've talked about before too, that personal relationship with intimate fellowship, kind of piggybacking on what Ben has said. Hmm. And I know for me, God speaks to me through his word. And as I get into his word, I hear his voice, not audibly, but in my spirit, giving me a desire. And I've said many times, this news is too good to keep to yourself. Mm. And I've seen that over and over, not only in my own life, but other people's lives. When they come to accept Christ and uh, realize uh, the freedom that he's given them, they just naturally want to share it. But part of that is as we look into his word, we get prepared, as that uh, verse that you just quoted talked about. We're being prepared. And I think for me, and I don't want to jump ahead too much, but it's listening to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because I'm never fully prepared. I'll never know it all. And if I wait for that, then I'm never going to branch out. Mm. But it's listening to his voice and trusting him. When I think about it, I think about 1 Corinthians, where Paul talks about comforting others with the comfort we've received. And so we can't give away what we don't have. So Mm. anytime I talk about equipping or sharing others and being prepared, it's about me intimately enjoying um, relationship 
with God, which is what mom was talking about. But then also what Ben's talking about as far as if I don't have a correct understanding of who God is, if I don't know how I'm designed, if I don't know mm-hmm. my righteousness in Christ, you know, all the topics like Ben was saying in season one here, uh, you know, it's an overflow. Equipping is an overflow of the abundance that Christ has poured into me. Mm-hmm. I think that's reflected in Jesus' life. I mean, when you think about Jesus, how did he begin his ministry? You see it kicking off, really, in the baptism. And what happened after he came out of the water? Uh, the voice from heaven said, This is my my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think for me, when, you know, what, what holds me back from, you know, talking to others and ministering to others or sharing this truth? I mean, a lot of times for me personally, it's that fear of rejection because uh, some people don't want to hear it. Some people push back. And so uh, a real foundation of identity as a beloved child of God, that stabilizes me personally in a way that overcomes those fears that are there. So how do you know, like, you know, we talk about building blocks, and Connie, you mentioned, like, I'll never know everything about God and how to share that. It's a dependence on the, on the Holy Spirit. But how do we know when or if we're ready? Or, you know, I know you've talked about that we share out of our abundance. So... Is that strictly what we share? You know, how does this really happen? Like, how are the building blocks there to prepare us to do it? Well, the Holy Spirit is the wonderful counselor. I've tried to do this in my own strength, and it didn't work out very well. Mm. I got frustrated, or I, my words were not there, and it was frustrating. And then I realized I've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. Mm. The Holy Spirit will tell me, and just like Ben said, he might tell me the enemy's going to be there trying to trick me into believing that they're not going to like me or I'm going to look stupid or I'm not going to know what to say. But I've learned over the years after hearing that a lot that the spirit in me is love and I have what it takes to share in Christ, not me without Christ, but in Christ, God is going to give me the words if he wants me to share in my job is just to step out in obedience. And I've seen that so many times in my life when I've been willing to step out in obedience, how God has blessed that. Yeah. I think we get a wrong perception of what is we're doing sometimes. And we need to remember that we are the body of Christ. Hmm. You know, I mean, that means we share his life. We're enjoined to his life and he's Mm -hmm. the head, which means he's directing us you know, I'm not a hand that's going off in a direction trying to figure out. I'm doing what the direction of the head says and out of his life. And I think about that is clear in the Bible when in Acts it talks that Luke said in the last book, the Gospel of Luke, I talked about what Jesus began to do. Mm. And now it's the stories of what Jesus continued to do through the disciples. And then you get to the story of Paul And Paul is persecuting the Christians, and Jesus says, why are you persecuting me, Paul? Hmm. You know, it wasn't about him. He was viewing the Christians. Jesus views us as his body and his hands in the world. Listening to the Holy Spirit is hearing his voice and moving out under his direction. And when we keep that in mind, I think we know it's not about us at all. It's about, you know, what does he want this person to hear right now? What is he wanting to say through my mouth yeah, so, you know, if we're, you know, we're part of the body of Christ, we are prepared because Christ is in us. So are the building blocks that you're talking about, a lot of it is the truth that we instilled about our identity and who God is, and those are things that we learn over time. So I guess the question is, 
Like I said a few minutes ago, I don't know exactly if we can be clear about when are we ready to. So yeah. one of the, I mean, it's an excellent question. And I think the first thing to realize is that you're not always going to feel ready. Sure. And you probably, you're never going to have comprehensive knowledge of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned listening to the Spirit. God is always going to equip us for the task that he has in mind. Mm-hmm. But we not, are not necessarily going to feel like, oh, I am super spiritually knowledgeable and now and so if i sit around waiting for that then i'm going to probably depend on my own knowledge i'm Mm -hmm. not going to be listening to the spirit i'm going to be saying well i don't have enough building blocks because i can't quote this scripture like that person can and and we get into comparisons and well that person has a lot more knowledge and so i'm not going to say anything but what we do is we share out of what we have remember Mm -hmm. you know I think it was Peter and John were going into the temple and there was, this was after, this is in the book of Acts and the uh, lame person was there and he wanted some money and they said, we don't have any money, Mm. but what we do have, we'll give you. Mm. And he said, in the name of Jesus, you know, rise and walk. And so that's the idea is you're not called to share something that God has not revealed to you yet. Mm. You're called to share what he has revealed to you. That's one aspect. The other aspect is, I think, and Ben's kind of, and mom, I think, has touched on it when they talk about the lies of the enemy or fear of rejection. I think one of the building blocks is, have I been willing to go with the Holy Spirit to understand my flesh mm-hmm. and the barriers to using what he's already given me? Mm. And those are the lies of the enemy and the fleshly coping patterns. And if I haven't been willing to go there, I'm probably going to stumble over that and not equip others when the Spirit really is leading me to give what he has already given yeah. me. Yeah, and I mean, any believer has something to give. If you've been joined to Christ, I mean, that's what we're all looking for is to join other people to Christ, Yeah, you know, and add to his body, you know. And so if you have Christ in you, you have all the answers, Hmm. right? And if you get a person connected to God and receiving the Holy Spirit, then they have what they need to begin that growth process. And we're all on that growth process. Yeah, But I think as soon as you're born again and have the Holy Spirit, you're engaged in that making disciple commission that we were all given. And so it's not a matter of knowing everything like Bo said. It's it's just a matter of we're sharing him. Hmm. Yeah, people have questions and we may not be able to understand them, but what we do have is his life in us and we can always share that. And the truth is, if we don't have the answers, that doesn't mean we're a failure. Mm. Uh, Our identity is in Christ. And I know for me, when people have asked me questions during my Christian life that I didn't know the answer, it caused me to go search that out, Mm. either talk to a more mature believer or get into Scripture and dig it out. And so it's okay to say, you know what, that's a great question, and Mm. I'm not really sure of the answer to that, but I'm going to go check that out for you. Let's check it out together. And we grow, and then I'm I'm not a failure because I'm in Christ. Yeah. Awesome. I think it's important also to keep in mind that, you know, Ben referenced being part of the body of Christ. Well, part of the body of Christ is that some are eyes and some are ears and some are noses. And I'm not called to bring a, a non-believer uh, to evangelize and disciple that person necessarily from beginning to end. It could yeah. be that God has one piece of one part of that person's journey for this one conversation that lasts 10 minutes and that's it. And then he's moving someone else in that life. But if I think I've got to, I've got to bring this person or lead this person to Christ and then bring them to maturity. Of course, that's the work of the Holy spirit. But 
if I got to have all this knowledge in order to do the entire thing. Well, no. Right. We just listen to the Spirit moment by moment and yeah. go from there. Okay, so those are some of the building blocks, like some of the things we, that God is instilling in us that we already have when we become believers. What is the reason and purpose for sharing and equipping others? Well, uh, you know, John 13, 34 talks about the command that Jesus gives us is to love one another. And I think it's about love. Mm. Uh, when we share love, the love of God, we glorify God, which is our purpose. Yeah. I mean, they're tied together. So yeah. I think it, I think it's loving others. It's, it's like when you have something incredibly wonderful, it's loving to share it, you know, mm. and it's, it's an overflow of the fullness of the love of Christ that's been poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And so I think that's the reason we do. We have this beautiful, incredible, priceless gift you know, to use an analogy, I, I, you know, I have a loving, wonderful relationship with my wife. It's very easy for me to talk about her, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's delightful. Uh, you ask me about her and our, how I met her, what our, what we enjoy about our relationship, it, you know, it's easy to talk about. It's an overflow of something that's exciting and wonderful and yeah. beautiful. And I think that's the reason. It's the, the love of God that's been poured in our hearts. It's, mm. it's designed to be shared. Yeah. You know, when you look at Jesus... And who he was, and the love that he had, which means that he gave his his life. That's the ultimate. Is he laid down his life? But if you look at his life when he was in ministry, he was serving. He was staying up late all night to heal people. He was forgoing meals so that he could teach and and help people. And I think about that, and I think about what if everybody? What if we all in this world operated in that manner? What an amazing, beautiful place this world would be. Now, it's almost hard for us to imagine because there's so much selfishness that leads to, you know, violence and anger and rage and abuse and, and rape. And it's almost impossible to imagine a world like that. But that really is the gospel message. Mm -hmm. Jesus, who is love, wants to come and reconcile you to God and come and take up residence in your heart so that you will become love. Mm -hmm. And so that's the message that we have. And when you start thinking about sharing that love, as Bo said, with other people so that they can receive Christ and have the Holy Spirit, the power to love another person and to lay down their life, you're building a healthy world. I mean, you're, you're starting a movement a growth of, of Jesus' body so that there's more health and relationships and more beauty in the world. And looking at it that way, for me, is a lot different than hmm. I need to go share something because Jesus told me to do it, and if I don't, he's not going to be happy with me. Hmm. And that's really, when you start thinking about the love of God, that makes the, the commands not burdensome. Yeah, And that's what John, First John says, is his commandments are not burdensome. And I think that's because he... He's the one in us, empowering us to love and go out and make Amen. disciples. Well, you hit the nail right on the head for what was in my heart to share, because God's love in us is agape. 
and it gives uh, that's unconditional love and somehow in his great power he when he gives us that love he gives us the ability to look deeper than those outside actions outward actions mm. that might be irritating are unpleasant to be around, and I've seen him do it in my own life. Give me a love for somebody that at first, maybe on first glance, they were irritating, but then it's supernatural. And like Ben was saying, it's not a, okay, I have to share with them. It's, Lord, I get to share with them. Mm-hmm. How, what do you want me to say? How can I be a minister for good uh, for you to this person? Use me, Father. Yeah, well, what you guys are talking about, you know, centers on love, as you guys have mentioned multiple times. And Ben, what you said in terms of Jesus and his focus and how he lived, you know, exuded God's love for what his time, his people, what he was doing. And he had, in my mind, it came to my mind, it's like where he had a specific focus and a ministry that he was doing. And he's like, this is what my calling is. This is why I'm here. This is what I need to get done. And it kind of makes me ask the question, which goes along, I think, with sharing with others and equipping them, is what's God calling me to do? What's what's my ministry in my life? And for some, it's obvious, you know, like it could be actually working in a ministry, but I think all of us have specific ministries that we're called to, and in those specific arenas and stuff like that, we can really show that love in a different way because that's we, we can recognize what God is doing in our lives and give that to other people. And sometimes you don't even recognize what God's doing in others' lives, but you're walking the, the journey. Yeah. Uh, for instance, years ago before the Lord called me into this full-time work of ministry, I was in the business world and I was yeah. a manager on a team and worked in that environment with other managers. And years later, after I left the company, I got a message from one of my former co-workers. Mm. And she said she had come into more intimate relationship with God. And she said, at the time, I just thought you were a hard worker, you know? Mm. Just thought, you know, basically, I guess, a good guy that was working hard. She's like, now I know it is the fruit of the Spirit, you know? And there was no, we didn't sit down and study the Bible or... Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever mentioned the Bible, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. but that was part of that journey of, you know, what God has called me to at that time in my mm. life. Yeah. I think a good foundation, though, is how we view ourselves. I mean, we need to have an accurate view of ourselves that as God created us to be, we are container and expressor of God's life. Yeah. And so we may be that container and expressor in an office setting or building cars in a factory or in full-time ministry, but if we keep a focus on our identity as a child of God, as a container and expressor of Mm -hmm. his life, then it's going to flow out whatever we're doing, and I think then we're accomplishing that purpose. We're going to be making disciples in the environment that we're in, you know, Mm -hmm. in the way that God's leading us in that particular time, and it does look different. I think about Philip. He's having a great ministry, in Antioch, God's doing some amazing things, and then God tells him to go out into the wilderness. You know, and I mean, what in the world? Yeah. That doesn't make sense, you know, but he does. He goes out there, and the Holy Spirit, there's a guy in a chariot, and the Holy Spirit tells him to go up to that guy, and he runs up to it and was able to share in that situation. And I think, you know, that's this gets back to the Holy Spirit and knowing our identity is we shouldn't see ourselves as defined by our occupation but as this is who we are, and we're bringing that to yeah. any occupation, and that's going to change our interactions with people. 
And you know what? I've seen God use us in spite of ourselves. Mm. I remember when our children were young and we were wanting to raise them in the Lord and we thought we had these rules it was legalism, mm-hmm. but these rules for raising, and we went back home to some of our family, and we stayed with one of them, and we were sharing these because they had young children, and our child happened to be the worst behaved of any child there, <laughs> and we left. My husband and I both were in tears on the way home. We thought, we have blown that. Was it Ben or Bo? No, it wasn't Ben or Bo. It wasn't Ben or Bo. They learned from this child. Dude. <laughs> Good, we've narrowed it down to the other two. (laughs) I was a perfect child. (laughs) But on the way back, uh, Greg, one of our relatives, called and said, there is something different about y'all's life. What is it? Mm. And here we were in tears thinking we had blown it, Mm. and God still used that Mm. because he saw our heart to share. So I think a big part is... Here I am, Lord. Use me. Mm. I want to be used. Yeah, so you could almost say that the reason or purpose is, like we said so many times, is partly for the people that we're ministering to, but more so, say, even for us to experience Christ in a deeper, more intimate way. And that's what you felt. And sometimes, you know, God is more shown in our lives when we go through difficulties or when Mm. we're struggling with something and how we handle that, you know, and yeah. if we've sinned, if we actually go and say, man, I was wrong to do that to you, you know, please forgive me. I mean, that's, we don't have to be perfect and have all our ducks in a row in order to be effective disciplers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we share the life in a, of God in an honest and real way where we're at in our lives. And I think that is impacting people more than, because if you're perfect or you try to put on a mask to appear perfect, people will look and say, yeah. That's I can't identify with. Can't that. relate to you that. Know, it doesn't have an impact. Yeah. Well, and I think as Paul says, I think it's in Hebrew that we are equipped and qualified to talk about the new covenant. You know, the grace that we've been given, the truth that we have now. So that kind of shifts my question a little bit. We've talked about it. A lot of our discussion has been about how we have talked to believers, and obviously, there's a world out there full of non-believers as well. So how? What's the difference between how we communicate with non-believers and believers? Is that the difference between sharing and equipping, or how do we kind of navigate the two separate realms there? Well, you know, popularly, many people would call, talk about the difference between evangelism and discipleship, mm-hmm. and to me, it's I'm being who I am yeah. <laughs> in whatever environment that he has me. I'm, hmm. you know, prepared in season and out of season, and how am I prepared? Well, it's my own intimate walk with God, yeah. listening to the Spirit. And so, yes, someone who has never heard the good news of the gospel, we're definitely going to be needing to talk about it, some different things than someone who's already received the good news yeah. of the gospel. Yeah. But it's going to be birthed out of the same preparedness of my intimate relationship with Christ, of being listening to His voice, and I think that's what being prepared is. Mm. I think we have to be careful not to see an unsaved person as a project. Mm. And I have this person uh, that I'm associated with, and they're not a Christian, and what can I do to get them to be saved? Well, first of all, I can't save them. Mm. God has to save them. And again, Lord, I'm available. I want to be uh, salt and light to this person. Lord, would you give me opportunities to minister? And it may be just baking a loaf of bread and taking it over, mm-hmm. or letting him know, you know, that there's been some 
criminal activity in the neighborhood and you need to be aware of that or just, mm-hmm. you know, reaching out and doing life with that person, yeah. having a meal with them. Yeah, I think the idea of a project comes, it came from me, you know, I went to this beach outreach weekend, you know, as a youth. And really, mm-hmm. I just wanted to go hang out at the beach <laughs> with my friends. Yeah. But it was a beach ministry and you had to go out and it was kind of one of those things you had a list and you got to check it off. And I think when it comes to that aspect, it's all about yourself and what you need to do and, mm-hmm. and how you're going to feel after you're doing it or how you're going to feel if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And that's a, I think that means we haven't been established in love. God can still use it and affect people that way, but uh, it does. It all needs to to flow from love. I think for non-believers, though, they need to be re- reconciled to God. They need to know that God loves them, and he has made a way for them to be reconciled and for them to receive the love of God and become children of God. And so that's, I think, what we focus on when we we share with non-believers, how can we get them reconciled to God? And a lot of times it's um, through building relationships and loving hmm. and just serving and loving them and being there. And then when something breaks down in their life, that's a perfect opportunity. They may be open to hmm. looking at life in a little bit different way. But there's also those times where God brings you along, like Bo said, you enter their life in different stages and there may be somebody else has done the plowing and you may just arrive right when they're ready to to give their life to Jesus. And it's just being sensitive to what situation you're in and what the Spirit's saying. You know, I think this question is kind of a, how do we clarify what evangelism is? You know, because obviously God has called us to make disciples of the whole world. And yet, you know, what's my role in that? How do, how do I actually see that come to fruition? Because I have this hope inside me, as First Peter 3.15 said, you know, part of what I grew up with this idea is evangelism is I need to go out. I need to find someone who's not a believer, and then I need to share Christ with them. And then I've checked that box. And if they accept, then I'm I can double check the box, right? Like I can I can feel better about what I've done or feel that I've pleased God with my actions now. So I obviously don't think that that is what scripture is calling for. So how do we evangelize in love and care without making them a project or seeing them as a target of, hey, let me share this with you, whether they're ready, willing, or wanting to hear it or not? How do we do that? Well, Again, I think as we make ourselves available to God and be prepared, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think as Christians, we have a hunger, a God-given hunger to learn and grow. And 2 Timothy talks about that. Be Mm -hmm. prepared to show yourself approved as a workman that doesn't need to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of God, the word of truth. And again, that's not a legalistic thing, but Lord, teach me. Sometimes I just envision myself as a little bird when I come to him with my mouth open and say, Lord, 
feed me. Feed me from your word. I want to learn your word. And then as I go, I'm feeding on his word. I'm full of his word. And then I just want to emphasize that I don't have to go out and create something. Hmm. I just want to be available. It was like the other day we had a repairman in our house. And I just asked him at the end, a young guy, I said, so how long have you been doing this? And he told me. And then he said, what do y'all do? And so we got to share Christ with him. He was not a believer, and he broke down and started crying and said, I've been at the end of myself wanting to even die. And so that was just a divine appointment that God brought along. My husband sometimes says, it's like we're in a river and God is the current moving us along. And as we submit to him, he's going to take us where he wants us to go. And it's going to be rest. And we're just going to sit back and say, wow, it's just like that uh, encounter. After he left, my husband and I prayed for him. And it was just so beautiful to see that that was God's divine appointment. Mm. It wasn't something, I didn't even think about it before he showed up at our house. I was wanting to get my appliance fixed, (laughs) actually. (laughs) But God provided that opportunity. And then it's a rest. When you talk, Mom, about making yourself available, it's really just acknowledging Jesus as Lord. It makes me think of that verse in Peter that said, sanctify the Lord Jesus is Lord in your heart, and then always be ready to make a defense for the hope that is in you. And that's really what it sounds like you did, and I think that's it is. I mean, when, we're, when we submit ourselves and make ourselves available, there's going to be plenty of opportunities because people are looking for hope hmm. that we have. And then we just say, wow, God, you did that. And that, to me, is just showing God to be alive and well and at work. I think, you know, as you guys talk about being ready to share the hope, you have a hope, you know, and that's the thing I think that really stands out to me is that there is this burning hope that naturally arises in us when we understand who we are and what Christ has done for us and that he's given us his life to us. And that's why those building blocks that we talked about at the beginning are so important. A lot of the times it takes that knowledge of the hope that we have to really be able to say, hey, this is why this matters, and this is why I'm so hopeful about life, even though things may be falling apart around me, I'm still hopeful about life because of who I am in Christ and what He's done for me and how much He loves me, and I'm willing to share that and want to share it, no matter what the circumstances are. Although some people don't feel that. There's a lot of Christians who don't feel that way, and I think that's kind of where who we were trying to speak to today, who we're trying to talk to today, is understanding why the good news births that hope inside of you and what what understanding your identity and your flesh and who you are in Christ and what he's done for you is the great thing that spurs you on to be able to share. This morning, uh, I was on the way to work. I um, was reflecting on the gift of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And this gets back to the great exchange that we talked about many episode sessions back. And yep. it's the idea that Christ has gifted me this righteousness. And as I relish that, enjoy that, 
who knows where that's going to overflow. Yeah. I don't even know yet today, yeah. but obviously the spirit is bringing it into my mind. That's the building block that you're talking about. Yeah. That's the hope. I mean, before I understood my identity, it was just like, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. And Jesus expects it, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily feel like it because I don't even feel like a great Christian myself. Yeah. And then am I being phony by talking about it? But when I started to understand my identity, I realized I'm not phony. This is who Christ has made me to be. Yeah. And once I got rooted in that, then I can confidently follow his spirit in the opportunities that he presents. And then, you know, we've talked about evangelism, but how does that lead into discipleship? And I think, too, again, it's trusting God, letting him bring those people. Yes, we can be intentional as he leads us, but just maybe asking a friend as God leads us, hey, I've got this workbook, discipleship workbook. I don't have all the answers. Matter of fact, I may have a lot more questions than you have, but hey, would you be willing to go through this with me and let's explore this together. To me, that's exciting. And sometimes you have literal formal opportunities to do that. My wife and I are doing a Living in Jesus uh, small group study right now, and that's a very formal way that yeah. God has given us. Yeah. Sometimes, though, it's very informal. It's just one of the truths <laughs> or one conversation, something not expecting. I'm in the current, as Ben said, in the river. Mm. And, you know, he's just bringing one idea that he wants me to talk about. But sometimes it is nice. We get very formal you know, opportunities. And I think that's the beauty of the Living in Jesus workbook yeah. is there's a tool there that for those specific type of opportunities that God gives us. But you know, the neat, one of the neat things about what Bo is sharing is that his oldest son just went through the Living in Jesus with some of his cousins and mm. Greg, and he came to Bo and said, Mom and Dad, I want my friends to know, mm-hmm. to know some of these truths. Yeah. Would you lead that? And that's a beautiful way of exactly how this is supposed to spread. Yeah. It's so good. We want to share it with others. Yeah. So because it is so good, and obviously you guys have experienced it, why don't you guys share with us a few, just like you did, Connie, a few minutes ago with the repairman, why don't you share with us about how you've experienced being in the flow of God? Like we've talked about that river analogy, where you've had that moment where you knew God was leading you to share or equip somebody and what that experience was like for you. I think this morning, you know, I was, uh, it's been a crazy morning (laughs) with a flat tire and trying to get the kids off and getting my daughter partway to school. And then, you know, we're in the middle of the coronavirus, so there, she's not allowed without a mask. So mm-hmm. she forgot her mask. And I'm thinking, how can I get this tire fixed? And how can I, you know, now she's forgot a mask. And I mean, in my agenda, and I got to get here for this podcast to talk about discipling others. <laughs> and my agenda just kind of went out the door. And, you know, I could feel anger that she had forgotten her mask. It's costing me and, it, you know, these things coming up, and the Holy Spirit just reminded me, no, this is a great teaching. This is a great discipleship moment. Hmm. So I was just quiet for a couple minutes, and, you know, she was apologizing that she had forgotten. I think she felt bad. If any of our kids, she's the most prepared and planned. And so the, the Spirit was just saying, Romans eight twenty eight. he brought that to mind. 
and so God causes all things to work together for our good. If we love him and are called according to his purpose. And I said, you're allowed to make mistakes. We all forget things and it's okay that you forgot. Fortunately, God loves us mm-hmm. in the moment, you know? And so, and I thought about that as I said that, like, this is training her. This is yeah. teaching her for her future, but it's not just a one-time thing. It's a over and over. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest opportunities we have is with our family members. Those are the people that we're impacting, and we can either share the love of God and give grace, or we can be expressing selfishness. But if we're walking with the Spirit and submitted to God, then I think love and grace will come out, and that's what people will receive around us. And we'll be discipling those people around us, whether it's our parents or our kids or our brothers and sisters. We'll, we can teach through our actions, and mm-hmm. it, but it's not so much focused on teaching. It's a matter of just sharing love and life yeah. and truth yeah. you know, in the moment. Well, since it's a family affair, maybe I uh, the, hmm. the story that comes to mind is actually not me equipping people, although God has given me a lot of opportunities hmm. to do that, and I'm a father myself. But since mom is here, she was our original equipper. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> she was involved in our evangelism, in the evangelism, and in our discipleship. And of course, you, mom, did a lot of teaching, which was very overt, like Ben did with his daughter this morning, it sounds like, with Romans 8.28. But some of the equipping, uh, a lot of the equipping actually was not what she said. It was what she did. Hmm. It was a watching. It was observing. It's like what Jesus did with the disciples. We saw mom, like, for instance, model this intimacy and dependence. Like, she was very quick to say, well, let's pray about that. You hmm. know, let's, so it was, a, it was a modeling. It was a life. It was a natural extension of the life of Christ in her. It was her, how she chose to manage her day and her time and how God led her to do quiet times is what she called them, you know, devotional times. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, God, one of the greatest equipping is in my life is the parenting role. Mm. It's an extension of my life. Yes, it's a, I have had the privilege of sitting down with my kids and going through the living in Jesus with them, which is great, formal, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is me modeling it, like what Ben was talking. It's about, it's not what I say, it's what I do, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of idea. Although it's great when, when I meet other people that I'm not related to, that God gives me opportunities to quip and it's mm-hmm. a formal thing and that's beautiful and that's that's wonderful. But I've seen it in action when I've watched someone and that's what I think equipping is not just, oh, let's sit down and study this for an hour or two a week. It's a whole life journey. Yeah of inside-out living, if I can borrow a phrase we use in the, in the workbook. Hmm. You know, I definitely agree. Uh, it begins in the home, husband and wife giving grace and love to each other, and then with the children and now with grandchildren. Um, a story that comes to my mind I thought I would share is about a young mom. This is years ago. She and her husband were in our Bible study group, and he had just become a believer. She was not a believer, but she was coming, and she had some really deep hurts from her past. Uh, her mother had hurt her greatly growing up, but uh, she wanted to learn how to make bread. And so she came over one day, and I, we were making bread together. And I had this set of aluminum mixing bowls that I'd gotten years ago from a restaurant supply. I still have them to this day. <laughs> and she just could not get over those mixing bowls because I had five or six different sizes. Mm. And she thought those were great. And so when she left... 
I heard very clearly, not audibly, but in my head, you need to buy her a set of mixing bowls. Now, mm. I've never bought anybody a set of mixing <laughs> bowls. Maybe my kids, but never bought them since. But so I went out and I got her a set of those mixing bowls. Mm. And when I gave those to her, it was like she was blown away. Mm. She just couldn't believe somebody would give her a set of mixing bowls. Now, I'm not taking credit for that. That was the Lord giving that idea to me. And I'm just saying that because sometimes the Lord will ask us to do things that are unconventional to get someone else's attention. Mm -hmm. And she actually ended up, I ended up leading her to Christ in our guest bathroom during a Bible study one night, this little bitty room in front Mm. of our house. But that to me was just such a testimony of just listen. The Lord will use different things Mm -hmm. in different ways. It's just like that young man that was that appliance worker. Greg had just given him a really big tip right before. Mm. And Greg had never done that before. Matter of fact, he thought maybe it was charging too much, but <laughs> but he felt led to give him a tip. And then it just softened his heart. Mm. So you don't know how God's going to work there. Yeah, well, it's amazing in that story you share. It shows me that equipping and sharing doesn't have to always, you know, as we've said many times, but it does not have to be words. And that's what you were equipped with and wanted to share at that moment is the kindness of giving someone mixing bowls. And that's so encouraging because sometimes we don't have the answers word wise, but we can show someone. And my wife comes to mind when I think about this, she's one of the most clear examples that I've ever seen of someone who can see a need and the spirit just leads her to have a great solution. Now she, she would say this herself, like, I don't have all the words for people and the answers to be able to describe it verbally. But she does such a great job of doing exactly what you just did. Like, I see a need there, and I can provide this item to make sure that that burden is lifted. And what a great way of sharing and equipping and opening up people's hearts and lives to God's love by just doing something for them. One of the most powerful ways, I think, of loving people is just listening, you know, and, and asking questions and Everybody wants to talk about what's going on in their life. Mm. You know, they want somebody that cares. I mean, they don't want to talk to somebody that's going to take that information and use it against them. But everybody likes to, we all like to have that connection. And I'll throw this uh, too, since Bo brought it up, but uh, we all have to learn stuff, you know, and we don't know anything when we come into the world. And that's part of the discipleship. We're all in process of learning and growing. So, Mom, I would like to say that just watching you and how you relate to other people. Uh, has impacted me and how you're such a good friend where you're thoughtful, you ask questions, you pull things out of people, and you're a connector. You can take what you've learned and, and connect them to other people, which is a beautiful way, I think, to love people. And I think that's impacted my I've learned that from my mom. And so that's one way to start discipling is just to meet people, connect with them, ask them out to breakfast, lunch. That's stuff that I've done and just listen and get to know. And then, and then maybe there's an open door where they can ask you a question. And, and at that point you can have the opportunity to speak in, but just loving is a powerful way to impact people and open the door to possibly sharing, sharing life and, mm-hmm. and love in Christ. I think sometimes in my experience, uh, it's years of doing what Ben's talking about, listening, yeah. building relationship, loving, yeah. not looking to say, oh, I've got to build this relationship so I can give them something, Yeah. but rather, how do you want me to love them, God? Mm. 
not with an agenda, but just that's the, who Christ is in me, yeah. the Spirit of God. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, if they're believers, God is working in their heart, mm-hmm. you know, and by listening, you can see areas where God is already working, yeah. and you can encourage, I get encouraged when somebody sees where God's working, maybe I hadn't seen it, and he, and he points it out, or she points it out. You know, that's God in there that's doing that, and, and that's encouraging. We can build mm-hmm. each other up in that, but it only comes through listening and, and asking good questions to kind of be able to see where God's already working because he is working in, in their lives. And then yeah. that brings glory to God. I call what Ben's talking about catching the Holy Spirit at work mm. in someone else's life, observing that through listening. And then that brings glory to God because as we highlight what he's doing, it's like, wow, mm. you know, it's, it's glorifying his active presence in our life. Yeah. And not and not giving up too. I think in my flesh, I don't like conflict, mm-hmm. and so if I feel like somebody's rejecting me or rejecting the truth, I naturally want to pull back. Mm-hmm. But it's being willing to say, Father, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to continue to reach out to them, or just pray for them, or what do you want me to do? My husband's been a good example of that to me for reaching out to people that are hard to love sometimes, mm-hmm. and I've told him I've said that is Christ in you <laughs> reaching yeah, out. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but I think there are open doors and closed doors for effective ministry. You know, I remember taking one guy out and, and talking to him and he was like, you know, Ben, I don't need any more friends. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, okay, you know, that's a, that's a closed door there. Mm-hmm. And uh, at least for the time being, yeah, you exactly. know, and then, and, and you go on and you say, God, where where are you opening the doors there? And so, yeah, it's just being sensitive. Sometimes he's telling you to persevere, and sometimes it's like, mm. this is not the time or the place. So, So those are obviously times and experiences you guys have had where you've seen someone impact your life by sharing or equipping you and or you've shared and equipped to someone else. What about times where you've missed the boat, per se, since we're going on a river here, right, <laughs> with the Spirit? <laughs> where have you necessarily missed the boat or missed an experience or an opportunity that God presented to you? And what was that experience like for you? Well, I mean, you know, I've had experiences where I've shared truth with people and they've even invited me into their lives. And then they're basically say, I don't agree. I don't believe it. I don't see it. I don't understand what you're talking about. And uh, sometimes I've gotten in the flesh, getting frustrated, maybe short with them. You know, that's uh, fleshly coping because maybe I felt if if I'm getting my worth and value from my knowledge or my understanding of the scriptures and going down the fleshly path of looking to others, then that's a recipe for disaster. And so in that moment, the Holy Spirit led me to repent, Mm. say, please forgive me. Now, this person never came around to believing what I believe. I mean, I believe we're both believers, but we just see things, the Scriptures, very differently. Yeah. And yet I'm still in relationship with this person, and it's keeping in mind Ephesians 6, 12, my struggle is not with this person. Mm. It's yeah. not with this person. And then the other thing the Holy Spirit keeps reminding me of is, ask me, Bo, this is the Spirit, mm-hmm. how to love them. In other words, how do you want me to love them? Mm. 
not convince them that I'm right of my, my understanding of the scriptures, not getting them to change their mind about where they're wrong, not any of that. It's just, how do you want me to love them? Like yesterday, he was putting on my heart Proverbs 3 about kindness and truth, not letting them leave you mm. as I approached interacting yeah. with someone who, who might be difficult. Mm. Kindness and truth. And that has to be burnt, birthed out of those building blocks we started off with. Yeah. The biggest obstacle for me at times is just my own agenda. I'm I'm looking or I'm tired and I'm I'm wanting something to happen. I want to get home and and rest. Hmm. You know, I, when you asked that question, I was thinking about a situation where, you know, I could tell the person in the grocery line was struggling. We would made a few comments back and forth, but it was just a there was a strong pull of the flesh just to not, just to keep my mouth closed so I could get home and get my groceries. And, you know, I have to say that's that's what I did in that situation. I mm. had hope that I could have offered them, and who knows where it would have gone. I felt, uh, you know, you feel that impulse in the bottom, in your gut, that you need to say something. Mm. You you say something, but I can choose to walk after the flesh and say, no, I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to do that, you mm. know. And then it's not a, it's not a good feeling. Because you know that's what the Spirit was leading and empowering. And, you know, there's more than enough there. I know. I, I, I think about that story of Jesus. He was trying to get away with his his guys, you know, and, mm. and they were going to have some quiet times, some vacation. And all these people ran around and met him on the other side. And <laughs> he felt that movement, even though he was tired. And he submitted and he taught him and he fed him. Mm. And that's when he did him. One of his most amazing miracles is in that. And yeah. uh, so God's more than enough, but sometimes I I choose to walk after the flesh and just say, I don't feel like it. I want to get home and, yeah. you know, kick my shoes off. And so that's, that's a struggle at times. I'm thinking about a lady that I ran into at the store one day, and <clears throat> she was new to the area, and we kind of started talking, and I ask her, I don't remember exactly how the conversation went, but I asked her something about, do they have a church home? And I was going to invite her to church. And she quickly said, no, I don't want to have that conversation. We're non-practicing. I don't believe. And uh, so I just tried to respect that. And Mm -hmm. then, but I prayed for her. The Lord just kept putting she and her husband on my heart. And um, God has given me, this is several years ago, God has given me opportunities, you know, to, that she's brought up actually, Mm -hmm. to kind of walk through that. And so far, as far as I know, she's still not a believer, but I can still pray for her. It hurts my heart that she's rejecting. But mm. but again, Lord, how can I be a witness without disrespecting her? And the Lord's going to have to show me. But there was one day that she uh, mentioned that one of her family members had said something that was uh, hurtful to her about, mm. you're not going to be in heaven. Mm. And I was <laughs> I was really kind of surprised when it was over. I went, Lord, that was you and not me that mm-hmm. kind of went through that door. But uh, just to say, you know what, if you if you love your loved ones and they do know Jesus, you may want to check that out because Scripture says if you don't receive him, then uh, you won't be in heaven. Mm. And so she started kind of backtracking, didn't <laughs> receive Christ. But you know what? You just go through the doors that the Lord gives you. And yeah. sometimes they don't, they're don't. they not always open. 
Yeah. I, I think one of the obstacles, uh, one of the thoughts that came to mind between the two contrasting uh, questions here is when, when did you experience Christ and listen to him and act out? And when you didn't, I think the one of the things that came to mind is the question you guys keep asking, go, Lord, what do you want me to do here? Right? When we experience and uh, join Christ or catch the Holy Spirit at work, like you said, Bo, and we join him in that, a lot of times it comes from that dependence, that, re- that surrendering question of, God, what do you want me to do? As opposed to, you know, when we're in the grocery line, I have almost the exact same experience that you did. I knew someone, in the, or I didn't know someone, but they were in the grocery line ahead of me, clearly distraught, and, and I felt that same pull, but I kept my mouth shut. And I think in that moment, I was thinking more about me or how it would look perception-wise on the exterior, and I wasn't sure whether they wanted to be bothered or not, and yet, you know, it was me thinking about me as opposed to saying, God, what do you want me to do in this moment? And a lot of times it's just like we've talked about so many times through this podcast, it's that surrender and dependence upon Christ, listening to the Spirit, and then acting on it because when we do actually do that, I feel like there's that courage and strength and peace that comes with just knowing that the Spirit is leading us to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, so let's kind of transition a little bit now, and like we do always at the end, let's focus on Jesus. Obviously, Jesus always listened to the Spirit and always depended upon God, but how does sharing and equipping others and seeing how Jesus did that help us to relate to Jesus more, have a more intimate relationship with Him, and even just get to know Him more? Well, the way I view it is, is it is Jesus. I mean, it's his mission, and it's him in us, hmm. and we're, we're, our lives have been joined together in the Spirit. And so he's the head, he's the director, and he's also the empowerer, and uh, he's also loving me in the middle of it. So he's my stability and foundation. Uh, he's meeting my needs. And, yeah, so I, I think we bring all those together and the moment we submit, we're going to look just like he did. Hmm. And you really think he didn't really make a lot of disciples, you know, I mean, hmm. he had some, he had a bunch of followers and then he shared some hard truth and a lot of them left. But hmm. at the end, you know, he had 12 guys and they all abandoned him when he went to the cross, but then he came to live inside of them through the power of the Holy spirit. And that gospel has been taken all around the world. Yeah. And so he's still doing it today, to over 2,000 years later, in me. And mm. so when I think about that, it is, it's him first from last, and it's, it is to, to bring him great glory. But what brings him glory is that, that we're enjoying his life, and people are loving each other and mm. loving him, yeah. you know, which is what's best for us. Mm. So it's a win, win, win situation, and Jesus is right at the center. You know, to me, there's nothing like being in the center of God's will. Mm. And when we have divine appointments, and I say divine because we know that God has orchestrated that. That was not something I could conjure up. Mm. He has done something. It's satisfying. It's enjoyment. Uh, we experience the joy of the Lord, the abundant life. What greater? I mean, I can't tell you what a joy it is to see somebody's life changed right in front of you because of Jesus. I mean, it empowers me. It encourages me. It blesses me. And knowing that I can't take credit for that because I can't change anybody's life, but God has allowed me to witness that. And to me, that's very powerful. That's what the abundant life is all about. And 
his word will not return void. God showed me this early on as a young Christian. I went, um, I was at a conference, kind of like Ben was saying, I was there because I did want to learn to share my faith. And they were teaching us our testimony and how to share it. And we were sent out and I was with a bunch of pro athletes wives and we went to this inner city Miami school. And I had got with three of these junior high girls, and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, what do I have in common to share? You know, know. all kind of fears were coming up. But I just shared a simple gospel track that they had given us. Hmm. And all three, no, two of the three girls prayed to receive Christ. And God just showed me, if you will be obedient to me and open your mouth when I tell you, I will do the work. Hmm. And that was a powerful reminder. Yeah. I think when I think of Jesus and equipping others, I think of words like intimacy He's and dependence. He said, I don't take initiative. I think of him and the Father being one and experiencing oneness. And, and I think, to me, it's this mystery of Christ in me hmm. in doing, living, as he, you know, was in First John that says, as he is, so are we in this world. Or, you know, mm-hmm. that's a paraphrase. But uh, it, the idea is, is that Christ is in me. And, and Jesus modeled the same kind of dependence on his father. And I get to experience his life, his power, just like he experienced dependence on his father. And so I think it's just a beautiful picture of intimacy and dependence this treasure that has been gifted to me, mm-hmm. this honor, uh, you know, and Jesus displayed all of that in his earthly walk, mm-hmm. this treasure that he had, he, he, he gave freely. So. And I want to also mention too, that, that what is a treasure to us is uh, garbage to other people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think it's, it's, we need to point out that, man, there's so much hostility to Jesus Christ and to the message of love, you know, and I mean, people hate the light, mm-hmm. you know, and so, yeah, we're moving out, but there's some people that don't value what we value. And so I think to be expected of that is to, in order to hold up to the heat, you know, we got to be tapped into the living water like that tree that's rooted by the streams of living water. When the heat comes, it still bears fruit. And so Jesus said, you know, that we're going to face the persecution. If they persecuted him, they're going to persecute us, Mm -hmm. you know. But God's glory sometimes comes out greater through the persecution. And I think one of the greatest acts of God's glory was the crucifixion, which was also the the, uh, persecution there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much. I think that as we have gone through our discussion today, we've gone over a lot of things, but hopefully people are encouraged just knowing that, it's Christ's life in them that's equipping them, that's um, spurring them on to share their hope that he's given them. So uh, thank you, Bo. Thank you, Connie. Thank mm-hmm. you, Ben, so much yeah, for all your conversation. Us. And uh, we'll see you next week. This is the last episode of season one. We will have a final question and answer next week. We hope you've enjoyed this season, and uh, we'll see you next time. The Living in Jesus podcast is a production of Christian Families Today and is produced and edited by Ross O'Hare and Ben Brezina. Christian Families Today is a nonprofit discipleship counseling, coaching, and training ministry focused on equipping men, women, and children how to build biblically healthy lives and families. 
You can visit our website at cftministry.org to find this podcast, information about the Living in Jesus study, and other free content. If you were encouraged by this podcast, it would mean a lot to us if you would take a minute and leave us a review. This podcast and all of our free content is made available to you because of the generosity of people from all around the world, people just like you. God bless and see you next week.